Hello lovely listeners, it's Jess here, host of Literature for Life. Um, I just wanted to hop on and say that this month's episode is going to be a little bit different. It's actually a mashup with Tony Farina's ADHD cast. Sometime last year, me and Tony, um, because we both love books, we started recommending books to each other that we loved and that we thought the other person might love. I recommended Still Life by Sarah Winman and Tony recommended The Book Thief by Marcus Zusak. So in today's episode, me and Tony talk about Still Life and in next month's episode, we talk about The Book Thief. Now, there are a couple of spoilers in today's episode. Um, so if you haven't yet read Still Life, I would maybe recommend that you read it and then come back and listen to this episode and also let me know what you think of Still Life once you read it. Um, but yeah, apart from that, I hope you enjoy it. Hello and welcome to a very special episode, a very special crossover episode of Literature for Life and ADHD cast with the wonderful author, Tony Farina. Hello, hello. Welcome to me. Welcome to you. This is so fun. I'm excited that this is something we, we've, we've, we've hatched a scheme um, yeah. in that we just recommended books to each other and then we read them and we're like, we should just talk about them. Yeah. <laughs> and so here we yeah. are. Yeah, and it's especially it's 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 especially good for me because I always have guests on Literature for Life um asking them about the books that have um really stayed with them. And then I've always thought to myself, like I honestly like I, I'm not even sure what book I would talk about. And then every time someone has said to me, Oh, like, you know, what books do you like? I have always talked about still life. Well, I say always for the last two years since I read it. It's only been still out life. for two years. But two, you know, yeah. it's funny. When you know it's a classic, it's a classic. So the book I recommended to you was The Book Thief. And um, and when it first came out, I'm old. When it first came out, I was, um, I've taught this book and uh, several times, but I was making the case for it. And somebody was like, and it was only been out for a couple of years. I was like, it's the best book that's been published in my lifetime. And, and possibly, I don't know, you know, of the last 50 years. And the lady's like, oh, calm down. It's like, you don't need to know when you know, if it's just really good, it's really good. You know, right away, you don't have to, it doesn't have to, it will stand the test of time, but it doesn't have to. So you say always, but it's because this book for the last two years, you recognized it immediately for what it is. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, I think I remember the, the impact it had on me, like the way I felt reading it, um, I remember that so, so clearly, like all of the feelings I had reading it then. And I was diving, I was just like flicking through pages before we started recording and like all of those feelings came back. So yeah, I'm so excited. So excited to talk about this. Um, Okay, which one should we start with? Let's do, you're talking about that. So I want to hear that. Like, because again, I only heard of it because you told me about it. Um, And it turns out like it was a, I don't know, one of the GMA book clubs, Good Morning America book club. So it was like, it was popular enough in America, but I just missed it. You know how sometimes you just, you can't, we can't know all things, Jess. And I didn't know this, but um, so my origin story is just said, read still life. That was mine. So obviously, unless you were like you from the future came back and said, listen to this podcast. And you're like, oh, my God. And then it was a, a Mobius. Trip. Like, how? what was your story? I would love to know how you came across this. Um, that's a great question. So I think summer. No, no, no. 2020. 2022. Wait, what are we? 2023 now. Last. Yeah. Okay. The beginning of last year, 2022. Um, so July, like January of last year. 
yeah January, January yeah. maybe February um I was looking for books to go on holiday with um just and I I, I went on Waterstones and I was just looking through like historical fiction because mm. for the past 18 months I've been trying to write historical fiction and so that's the book that I was like you know that's the genre I was looking for so historical fiction great um and usually the books that fall into that class are like 1800s Victorian England like you know <laughs> Jane Austen Jane Austen beautiful beautiful human that she is you know she'll yes. fall into that very well yeah. um and so and so then I came across still Love and I was like oh this sounds lovely you know it, set in it says east london florence i love it when a book takes me to, to to different places let's go with that went on holiday read three pages because turns out i'm really bad at reading books on holiday um <laughs> and then came back and i was but like you had you carried it with you it I went with, with you yeah, yeah yeah it went literally everywhere it went to every beach every poolside every a plane ride like it was it was there and was trying it was staring at me and I was just like oh whatever um so then anyway got back um and finally finally decided to pick it up and I was just just blown away I, I was just like 2020 2022 was a good was a good year like after the pandemic and a bunch of bad crap happening like 2022 was like for me it was like a really nice year and like when I was reading this book I think I was I was I was looking for I was looking for a joy I was looking for joy like I was I was I was bathing in bathing not the right word basking also not the right word I was enjoying the joy I was enjoying feeling. I like. I think bathing in and basking and all of that. They I was be, swimming you in the joy. Soaking in it while the sun is while it's beating down. The, the joy is yeah. hovering above you while you're swimming in it. Yeah. Joy is everywhere. Exactly, and you know, like when when things have been so bad, um, because there was the pandemic. One of my close friends got a second cancer diagnosis. Like things had been really bad, and so things were not bad, and it felt really good. And I wanted to just. I wanted to soak that up. And so then I started reading Still Life. And this book to me is like unbridled joy. That is how I see Still Life. When I when I when I remember how it was to read it and 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 when I recommend it to people, I say this is a joyful read. It is it, it is other things as well, but it is at the forefront for me, it was joyful. Um so yes, that's uh, and then I I yeah I mean I'm a slow reader but I in my you know for me I read it quickly <laughs> um, and then yeah so that that was it that's that's how I came that's how I came to read it. I love that I love that story and it's it's um, books find the readers I find um, some you know some readers find books of course you're a reader so you're always on the hunt for them but this book found you you know what i mean and i think that's true and it's your book and it's like a book that matters to you so i love that story that it just it, it went on that it like went on that journey with you and um it you didn't read it but it was with you like com accompanying you being part of your joy you know yeah. like you're on holiday and and you uh, you, you um i know you're not british but you live in the uk but like you non-Americans take um, take vacations. Yeah, 
you take holidays and you yeah. enjoy them. Like we don't do that. Like America has like leaves vacation days on the table all the time. I don't have vacation days. Like the job that I have doesn't have vacation. So it's like, um, I'm an online teacher. So there's no, I can't just be like, I'm going to take this week off because there's nobody. It's oh, asynchronous. Yeah. I can't get a sub, right? I got to yeah. do the work. And so we get holidays, you know, we get breaks, but I've taught year round since 1995. And so like when I can get a couple of days here and there, like this last week where it was Thanksgiving over here, which is a total bullshit holiday, but whatever. <laughs> there was days off work. So it was fine. And um, so I did get, I did shut it down a little and, you know, I still worked a little, but it wasn't like full work. So I had extra time to breathe. So the fact though, that this book found you and it went on your holiday with you and it was part of that joy and that you're full of joy and it was just there kind of yeah. seeping in the joy. So I love that. So I love That's that it's it. like your companion. Yeah. And uh, when I think about reading this book for the first time, I think about sitting on my sofa while the sun is streaming in. It's like a Saturday morning and I am, and I'm reading this book and everything feels nice. And that is, you don't get a lot of that in life. Like life, life, like the world is on fire all the time. And you don't get a lot of those moments unless you, unless you find a way to create them for yourself. And I found that way. Um, and and I and I was just soaking in it, basking, swimming, all the things. All the things. I love that. I think that's amazing. Okay, so I am desperate yeah. to know. Um, what did you like? Okay, so I, I want to know what you thought of still life because okay, I'll tell you why I I'll tell you why I recommended it to you. You would recommend book the book thief to me, um, and. I can't remember if I recommended Still Life to you after I'd read The Book Thief, but I knew that you were big into books, like really big into books, because we just had a like three hour conversation about <laughs> Man Mansfield Park, <laughs> a book that I was like, I'm, I was just like, oh yeah, it's okay. It's a big, long book, but you were like, like just so much detail. Please go listen to that episode um, of Literature <laughs> for Life. And so I was like, he loves books. And also you, you are a writer, you are an author. And so there's there's an extra appreciation for things like characters, for things like amazing characters and the way they make you feel and imagery and all of that stuff. So I was like, okay, well, read read Still Life. And so I'm desperate to know what you thought about it. Okay, well, it was a, I will take you through the adventure. Um, and it was, there were some high and highs and there were some low lows and really upset. Um, in parts where you'd expect me to be upset, but parts where it was like almost couldn't finish, like, because I was so upset. And that is also the testament to the good writing. Like if, if the book sucks, like I can be, you can read a book and be offended that it's bad. And you're like, I can't believe this book got published. God damn it. And then you can be upset by a book that's so good. It upsets you. Yeah. And that oh, was, yeah. What, I, that's, that's what was happening. Right. That was, How dare I you get know... into, my into my feelings like this. Right, exactly. Like, yeah. what is happening? So, you meet Evelyn um, from the jump, and I was like, I didn't know anything. I went in blind. I didn't read. You just said read it, so I read it. The cover's gorgeous, and I'm like, here I go. And boy, you give us Evelyn, and I'm like, this is her book, and the way that she interacts with Margaret something, and I just think it's brilliant. And so I'm like, oh, this is my hero, and we're gonna. And she tells us right from the beginning, we're gonna go back, and she's having these kind of. Um, almost Catherine Mansfield, like, uh, you know, out of body experiences, like Catherine Mansfield writes like that, like very, you know, 
or Virginia Woolf, very stream of conscious, like I'm out of body and here we go. So I'm like, oh, we're going to go with Evelyn. She was awesome. I can't wait. And in my mind, Evelyn looks like uh, Maggie Smith. Oh, yes. Yes. 100%. That is totally the vibe. Yeah. The dame, right? So I was like, everybody forgets that Maggie Smith, who you, who everybody knows now is like this Maggie Smith. She's looked like that for her whole life. Like it's weird. Like she's in Hook, right? Playing Wendy. Yeah. And she looks almost the same as she does now. So Maggie Smith is just the boss. Like, so in me, my mind, like, it doesn't matter. Like you can be like, oh, well, Maggie Smith is too old to play Evelyn. No, Maggie no. Smith has been 60 for 50 years. Yeah. Exactly. So whatever. It's totally fine. So that's who I want her to be. That's just what I want her to be. Cause she's got that build and she's badass and she beat me in a fight. So I'm with Evelyn. I love her. And then we stop being with Evelyn and that upset me. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, um, what? I don't want to read this anymore. I don't, Who the hell I don't is Ulysses? Who is this Ulysses, <laughs> this guy, I, I t- he's awesome. It took me a while to warm up to him because I was like, when the fuck are we getting back to Evelyn? Like, seriously, I love her. Yeah, because Ulysses, yeah, Ulysses is like this quiet little introvert. Um, and at Which first, I love. I'm an introvert. Yeah, I but get I think, it. But at first, it's a, it's a real contrast to Evelyn. And I think by the end of the book, you, I, I, I found so much solace in Ulysses, in the way, in, in his quiet, sort of introverted, like very calm presence. I found so much solace. But yeah, the, I, when, when I, when, when Ulysses is first introduced to, to you, you're a bit like, all right, well, who the, who the hell are you? <laughs> right? I know, right? And again, now he and Evelyn meet, and so you know, like, check, you know, check of art lovers right you know that you know they're going to meet again so but it's like i don't know how long it's going to take and for it took a while to get back so So, long jesus christ and and i just and i get it like i'm not it's her book so it's her structure if i would have wouldn't have mind like revisiting evelyn as we went instead of like there's this it's almost like evelyn and margaret something the prologue then ulysses and then evelyn is Um, is like the final act and the epilogue Right. So like that's kind of the setup if it were a play structure and it's fine. It's fine. It's just the first time through, it just was really upsetting. Um, And so because I wanted to spend time with her, I thought I was like, don't punk me. Don't don't do that. Like, don't (laughs) kill the hero. And she's not dead. You know, so it's fine. But she's just delightful. Everything about her is delightful. And the reason Maggie Smith is because everybody thinks she's 10 years younger than she is. Yes. Yes. And she's so cool. She's so cool. So fucking cool. And like, she's, yeah, she's just, she's so, like, I, I can't think of a better word than cool. She's just she is. so cool and confident. And she's just assured. She seems very self assured, like, but, but not in a dickish way. Like, she, I love it. I do. I do. So, so that was that. So then we get to Ulysses and he's great and we meet him and then you realize what's going on with him. I have a question about something okay. we'll get there lee and i have a thought so anyway we go back and when we get back to london and this cast of characters is a delight and i'm with them right but then but then something bad happens to one of the girls who's not a girl who's a woman you know a girl in a woman's body we'll say is that the best way to describe her she's oh, developmentally yes. disabled yeah yeah yes yes Ginny. i was what is it Ginny. Ginny, I was so upset with at, at that whole, whole scene and then the murder 
and everything. It was really like again, not because it was poorly written, but I was really distraught. But it was, it took me a long time to get through it. Even though the book was beautiful and I kept reading whatever, I was really upset. And Mm -hmm. and because of that, twenty pages, I disliked the book at first. Like at the end, I couldn't get over that. I was so upset about it. And I understand it was never exploitative. Like a lot of writers do scenes like that, do things like that. And they do it for like, I'm going to win an award. So I'm going to have this. And it's, you don't see anything. No. You see the murder, but you don't see what happens. And Ginny was being taken advantage of. There was nothing. She wasn't forced into anything. It was. Yes. And you find out was, through conversations with like Cress, for example, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because she's yes. like, I think she has like a love bite and Cress is like, uh, you know, and I think it. I think it goes like um, uh, Ginny's like, "Oh, I'm not scared," and Cress is like, "Good, you shouldn't be scared." But then, and then it goes, "But Cress was really scared," and then you're like, "Oh, Cre- no. right. oh no, yeah." She because Ginny's so happy that somebody yeah. loves her, and the problem is it wasn't somebody who didn't know Ginny because Ginny is a full grown woman, so it isn't like somebody met her and just thought, "Oh, she's just kind of fun," and and they're out and you thought maybe she's tipsy and you go and you have a bang and everybody and it's consensual and everything. She can't consent. Yeah. But she thinks she is. And that's the thing. And But in the moment, like, Cress knows, and everybody knows, and Ulysses knows, and Peg knows, and the whole bar knows, and this fucker's going to die. Because he knew. That's what makes it worse. So that whole thing, like, that guy upset me. Everything upset me. So it wasn't until Lee read it after I was done, and we talked through it, that I... And she's like, but what about this? I'm like, oh, I love that. And what about this? Oh, I love that. <laughs> it's like the things that I loved about the book and Claude and all of that. But I was like really upset and it was like in the first third that that it I had to sit with it and then talk yeah. about it and talk through it and almost therapy my way out of it. So that is the thing I didn't tell you because by the time you asked me what you think of it, I liked it. But in the moment, if you'd asked me in the moment, I'm like, what the fuck? I yeah, was that makes really complete upset. sense. Well, yeah, because she's so vulnerable. And also up until then, everything, you know, Everything's going so well. You're just like, oh, like um, Ulysses is lovely and the thing he's got with Peg seems spicy and like Cole's hilarious because he swears so much and like- He's great, yeah. Oh, and, oh no, no, wait, wait, no, no, no. You can't drop this this horrific, I feel so vulnerable. Like as a reader, you feel like vulnerable because you've like, you're like, no, no, no. I wasn't like, I'm enjoying this. What do you mean? Like, what do you mean? Um, yeah, yeah, I get what that. What do you mean? That's that. it exactly. What do you mean? Yeah. I couldn't, so that- upset me like genuinely upset me um and then and then what happens with um alice and peg's relationship and and peg and ulysses relationship and then you know obviously crest and claude and what happens and they all go to italy and then once you get to italy um and you know and he this really lovely crazy dysfunctional family you know, and then Evelyn's back and you're like, oh, hooray, yeah, everybody's yeah. favorite. Yeah. And so then it ends the way it ends. And I, I mean, sad and, and heartbreaking, but OK, like people die because they die. Yes. Yeah. I just remember like sobbing into the book because um, the I, like I, I cared about the characters so much. Like I, I until I read the book Thief, I can't remember actually caring about character like I cared about I love those characters so much and 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 I think part of it is it, it is it's like a, it's like a big dysfunctional found family 
Um, yes. And there is, she almost creates, like, there's a lot of dialogue, but it, it's very, very quick dialogue. Sarah Winman just had a great time with this book. She was like, I want mm. the parrot to talk. The parrot's going to talk. Sometimes the trees talk and that's okay. And like, yeah. So And the weird, and like, there's a very, um, six, like, uh, not six degrees. Well, it is very six degrees of separation, but it's um, uh, Magnolia. Did you see Magnolia? Paul Thomas Anderson's Magnolia. There's a there's a bunch of things in that. At the beginning of that, it's like, it's just the way things are. It's like weird, fluky things. Weird, fluky things happen. And so like, the way that Ulysses comes to save the guy at the beginning, who then comes back around, was, um, this, the monk, the soldier. Yeah, Arturo? He's the soldier. Yeah, yeah, Arturo. Yes. So because he saves Arturo, and it's all a weird, fluky thing, and it's all very weird. And the way that their relationship is, it's all... You could read it as a big coincidence and it's like, that's just the way things happen sometimes or it's magic. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter which, and you are, you as the reader have to decide. And so she's written it. It's never like even Claude talking doesn't seem because she didn't have a penguin talk. Did she? She had a parrot talk. Yeah. Right. Trees talk, but like they make noise. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, like wind howls through them and things happen. And if you've never been, if you've, you can hear it. You hear, they rustle. There's things. Yeah. It, it can sound like words. So she didn't make it ridiculous. You know, she made it realistic enough in magical realism, right? And uh, one of my professors said, uh, Chris Rosales, because I write realistic fiction. He's like, you write the hard stuff because I can always like talking fish my way out of it. That's what he said. He didn't do it quite like that, but like that was his argument. But see, she in her magical realism here, Sarah. She doesn't magical fish, talking fish her way out of it. She talking parrots her way out of it. But ta- parrots fucking talk. So it's okay, yeah. right? Coincidences happen. Physics are real. Bullets miss sometimes and hurricanes happen sometimes. And sometimes the power stays on in that one unit. And sometimes, you know, like all of the things that happen that don't seem realistic are totally realistic. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and sometimes you just love who you love. My question for you, I've got two questions about love okay, who you love. Please. Okay. Peg gets married as penance. Is that true? Like, I feel like Peg's choice to marry an asshole is because she feels the man that she loves, who is Peg's dad, or or, or who is Alice's dad, um, she can't be with him because she thinks he's dead, and that she betrayed Ulysses to be with him, these two men that she loves. And so she doesn't feel that she should deserve happiness. So she sends them away and marries an asshole. And that's like some weird, she's trying to absolve her way into the afterlife. That's what I feel like. It's some sort of weird absolution. What do you think? Am I crazy? I don't think you're crazy. I think the absolution is also because she feels guilty as a mother. And so, ah, mm. yeah, you know, because so Peg... Peg's daughter Alice. Um, when so when Ulysses moves to Italy, Peg asks Ulysses to take Alice. She's like, please take Alice, please take Alice. And so and so at that point, you're like, okay, well, this is not your typical mother-daughter relationship. I think Peg never feels like a good enough mother. So she wants Alice to be like away. And so, you know, she she Alice can be taken care of properly. But I think Peg is always carrying that guilt. But I I think you're right, because she mentions. Alice's father, you know, whom she I, loved. Yeah, who she, who she, who she adored. Like she really loved him. 
he is mentioned quite a few times uh, but also there is this there is this constant underlying thing between Peg and Ulysses and that's one of the things that uh, like I, I got a bit frustrated with the book because I was just like no like s- stop being <laughs> s- just get together just stop doing it you know like um so I think but I think Peg because Ted almost like punishes Peg just for being yeah. you know who she is like they they move to the suburbs and because Peg loves to sing move to the suburbs she can't call Italy like all of this stuff and I think Peg I think Peg accepts it because she like you said because you know some kind of absolution but also because I, I feel like she almost is just like she feels guilty uh, I think she 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 feels she feels guilty as a mother, and and this is a great distraction. And also she you know she if you're if you're if you're suffering from the pain of 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 losing a loved one, uh, like a, a man that you loved, and also the pain of being a terrible mother, who you know women are supposed to just be natural mothers apparently. Um, Ted and the the Ted, the way that Ted was treating her was awful, but I can imagine it was just also it penance but also a distraction you know like um you know because peg peg was like peg is like a tough nut you know she's yeah i think she 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 tries to be as emotionless as possible um and and she comes across she's got her guard up all the time all the way through the book well most you know i'm sure most of the time but so i think she was kind of like yeah no i deserve this Mm. many reasons well right yeah and here's the other thing. When you mentioned the, the mother thing, if if Peg's, if Alice's father showed back up and said, I need you to move to America with me, but you can't bring Alice, she would go. Oh, yeah. She oh, knows yeah. that about herself. Yeah. So might as well give herself an out by saying, well, if Cress and Ulysses are raising Alice, then I don't, then I'm, then they're, then she's fine. She loves her, but she does, she doesn't want to be a mom. She wasn't planning on being a mom. And if, if, you know, she had the opportunity to be with Alice's dad, they'd be a family. Again, she still wouldn't really care to be a mom. That wasn't the plan. Like, and that's the thing. This book has a conversation about, sex and like but it's never um it's not like they don't just go into random weird sex scenes for no reason like a book i just read was like all of a sudden like seriously in the middle of of a book like an action fantasy book there's like a six page like hate bang like really graphic (laughs) i'm like what what is happening like i don't i don't need that it's a hate bang it was a a really it was really bad. It was really dumb too. But anyway, <laughs> it, it it was like, and again, those books are fine. I'm not against those books not existing. But it's like, just not really a book. Wasn't in. <laughs> it didn't need to be in this book because this book handles the sex that happens well. Do you know what I mean? It's never like it. it, it there are sex scenes, but it's never like let's spend too much time there. Let's They're linger. Never and... over embellished. Yeah, I, I think Correct. she takes a, she takes a really realistic uh, approach to sex. So, like, if I remember correctly, didn't Peg? become pregnant because she banged that guy under a bridge correct yes yeah. and so like it was she, not a, not the plan it, yeah yeah it was not <laughs> right. the plan but it also was never overly romantic like from like yeah. peg was peg is i think peg is used to being treated like shit yeah you know like she got this guy just banged her under a bridge and then left and she was fully fully in adoration of him like she loved him so much and yeah. i get so annoyed with peg because ulysses is, is such 
a wonderful human and he like obviously loves peg he's like come come out come to, come to italy peg like you know he like really tries to help her and she just will not let herself be loved in that no. way i think she's no, only I... ever chasing you know the the kind of love that makes you feel like shit correct and that's and that makes her real oh yes too, exactly you can because you dislike her in, in ways and i don't ever dislike her for the best thing she could do was send Dallas away. Exactly. And so she did. And especially because, and again, it goes back to then the horrible stuff that happens with Ginny. She doesn't want that to happen to Alice. And if they're in Florence, that's not going to happen, is it? Exactly. And so Alice, um, Alice is when she, you know, when she turns 15, you realize that she's gay. And when Ulysses is Mm -hmm. on the phone to Peg, Peg's, Peg's like, fuck's sake i can't believe this is fucking happening what do you mean and he's like no 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 yeah. she's in love with a woman and she's like oh that's the best fucking news i've ever heard and i use these swear words because they're so they're swearing all over this book and i, all I think over that's the book. a yeah. big part of why i loved it because i love swearing it's a big yeah part of who i am and so um <laughs> yeah and so i love that it was that it because she's like good okay if she's in love with women that is one less thing that i have to watch I don't I don't have to worry about what happened to Alice happening to obviously it's not that simple, but that's yeah. the way she was thinking. That's how she sees it. Yeah. 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 But but she doesn't know because she doesn't know that she dated a few boys. She just didn't care. Yeah. So yeah. that's the next question is that Ulysses and his commanding officer, whom he's the driver for, are in love with each other, like in love with each other. So but he's so the question is on its face that makes it sound like Ulysses is bi but is Ulysses bi or does Ulysses just love that guy and women and the reason I ask that question is because I have a friend who I knew was gay she was a lesbian that was it she just liked women that was who she was like she remembered having crushes on people when she was like five it was one of the things we bonded about like understanding our sexuality young and so um but then she goes off to law school and she meets this boy and they're married and have a kid and it's bananas. Like, and every yeah. time I think about like Susan Quinn's married to John Tully, it's always super weird to me <laughs> because it's like, but, and I get it. Cause he's awesome. <laughs> it's like, yeah. cool. I mean, like, so is it that Ulysses likes men or does Ulysses, Ulysses like that man? And, and is there a conversation there? That's the second big question I had about love. Like, is that the point is that it's not like, cause there's a lot of, there's a lot of queer people in this book, which is great. And it's awesome. And it's just out there and, you know, and Evelyn is, and that's what Margaret's jealous. Margaret, something is jealous from the whole beginning. And I get yeah, it. Cause yeah, Evelyn's yeah. awesome. Who doesn't uh, women want exactly, to be yeah. with Evelyn and be Evelyn. So I understand, but like, but this, this thing with Ulysses and his commanding officer, Ulysses isn't with men the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. He's only with him. So is it, is was women having a conversation about like, you know, not not, not uh, like like sexual f- fluidity in that gender is irrelevant. It's the person that you love. Yeah, I, I mean, so or did you think of him? Do you think of Ulysses as bi? Like, if the right man came along, he he would date a man again. I think he gets his heart broken because that guy dies. Oh. Right? And, it's and, and, and it's in like the first three like two three chapters and you're like heartbroken um and i think he's like 24 what, when it happens yeah. he just never really yeah and then peg won't get with him so he's just like i guess i'm unlovable 
Yeah, and then I think from that point, he just doesn't even, he switches off. I think then he switches off. So I think- Ah, okay. Well, that I think that's how I read it. I think he is so, th- then I think it's about finding where he fits, right? Because he comes back from war and he needs to do what a lot of soldiers, I think, struggle with, which is find where he fits in this post-war like place and so he tries to do that in east london and then he tries to do that in italy and i think he's con and and i think where he where he finds himself is is family orientated so like he becomes you know he becomes this wonderful father figure to alice and you know he's he's always trying to rescue peg because he loves her but also because he just want like you know he he he, he wants her to be okay and I think, and I, so yeah, I, I guess that's such an interesting question. I think, I, I'm not sure if it's because it was that man only and like no no other man, but I, 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 what I got a sense from Ulysses that he was, he wasn't, he wasn't ever chasing that kind of love. Mm. He was. Working for companionship now. Yeah, it was like, like, like companionship that like friendship family like found found because and I keep saying found family because there is something so incredibly beautiful about building your own family from scratch without without marrying anyone like it is your it is the family you build from friendships which is exactly what he did like he built this whole big family and it's big you know crest peg coal like Pete, and then it gets big. It, it gets bigger in Italy, and then it gets yeah. bigger because Evelyn, and you know, he he creates this whole family. And I think, you know, he's he's he he's he's always. I think he was either that guy or Peg. Okay, and, and I, that's it. Okay, that's fair. I I again, I just I think that's awesome because that was that was part of it. It's like I loved that conversation that she's having with us about that. It's like yeah. Absolutely. Sometimes it's just you love the person that you love and it's that. And it's not it's not like I mean, we talked off air and you know it's like I like girls and I knew at a young age, like I said, that I did. You like girls, and I, I like Christmas. I'm right. That's what we talked about that. before we hit record. <laughs> and it's the same. And Donna Reed is the is the in the Venn diagram, Donna Reed is in the center of the things <laughs> that we love. And um no, but it's like it's funny. And and you know, Tanya says, you know, everybody's a little bit gay, everybody's a little bit bi. Because, you know, you can look at like, because I'm a person who lives in the world. I'm not, I don't, I'm not, a, I'm not attracted to men, but I don't be like, he's ugly. I'm like, he's a handsome devil. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, I get it. Like, yeah. I get it. Like, I get why everybody's like, everybody's been desperate for 15 years for Idris Alba to be James Bond. They just want to see him in the Speedos. I get it. Oh, yes. The type okay, of the right. baby. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like, he's ridiculously good. He is like Derek Zoolander good looking, right? Oh, so yeah. I, I understand. <laughs> Dan, I get it. Um, but it's like I don't I don't nec- I don't want to kiss Idris Elba, but I totally get why you would want to, because I've been mean, fucking yeah. dudes great looking. And so it's like there's that idea of that, but then there's also this so she's not having a conversation about physical attraction, although Peg and his commanding officer, whose name is eluding me, do have intimate sexual relationships. It's not about that because for him, for Ulysses, it's the love, it's it's that that sexual relationship, the physical relationship is just a natural manifestation of the love that he feels for that person. And so gender is irrelevant. Sex is irrelevant. And I think that's what she's trying to say is that because, again, Alice dates a few boys, even though she knows pretty early on, like when you see Alice dating a boy, you're like, "Mm." okay, (laughs) 
Okay. Yeah. I guess. I, I love and I love that. I love that, like you said, I love that Sarah, like Sarah Winman has, she, she, she's even opened, she, she has left it for us to think about, you know, yeah. because it's not explicit. There is something so amazing about writing something in a non-explicit way, but getting yes. your message across anyway, you know? Agreed. Like, I do. It's just, it's that is not, not only because that's so incredibly difficult to do, but because you are you bring the reader with you 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 invite the reader in and the reader can be a part of the decision making in that story like and and it makes you think and the more you think about these things the the, the more they stay with you facts those are all facts and it is so i appreciate it and um i appreciate that you said i should read it obviously everyone should read it we spoiled it a little but not totally i mean um em forster also makes an appearance, which is amazing. I love that. Of course, Evelyn. Evelyn is like, you know, she's like the Forrest Gump of this universe. Like everything, yeah. all roads lead to Evelyn, right? That's how yeah. I feel. She's amazing. Um, that I can't thank you enough for this. And again, I, I didn't, I'm glad you waited to ask me how I felt about it. Because in the moment, I was really upset. And it was yeah. one of those things where there's a couple of other books that are like that. Lauren Oliver, she's a young adult American writer. Um a couple of her books really piss me off. Like, I want to okay. grade them down. But it's like, oh, they only piss me off because they're so well-written. So, yeah, because they made me feel a big feeling. And I didn't yes. have to do with it. So so I'm mad at the book. Yeah. So, uh, so that I happens to me a lot. I was mad at this book. That I was mad at this book. And that's it for this month's episode. Um... If you've gotten this far, then hopefully that means you enjoyed the episode. Um, I just wanted to let you know where you can find Tony and me. So Tony has his own website because he's a badass, tonyfarina.com. Um, he has a book published. He's a published author. His book is called Welcome to Mansfield. Um, so yeah, I think, and I think he's also got a newsletter. So go to his website and you can find out all about him. I think he's also on social media, AR, at AR Farina. Um, and if you want to follow me on Instagram, you can find me at Jess underscore B Davies. Um, I also have a blog that I write on about twice a year <laughs> called 600 Words on Life. And you can also... Well, hopefully you already are, but if you're not, you can follow Femon Collective on Instagram at Femon Collective. Cool. <laughs>